And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Have you recovered from your heartbreak? You're, you're just utter and sheer heartbreak. I felt for you, Doc Manson at Doc Manson, when I woke up this morning and saw those tweets. That Did Lucha- you see me railing against the machine? DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. You were raging. You were railing. You were ranting. Uh, Lucha Underground is taking like a six-month break. Someone lied to me on Twitter. I don't remember who you were, but last week, I remember you asked me if they were going to be taking a break after their mid-season finale that they started publicizing, and then someone on Twitter assured me that was not the case. And you're lucky I don't remember who you are, and you're further lucky that I'm way too lazy to go look it up in my (laughs) backlog of tweets. But all I know is I felt deceived, because... Yeah, evidently, Lucha Underground is not returning until summer of 2017. Now, again, well, this is, you know, this is a topic that probably is best saved for a private earful, though, to be fair, um, if we're going to be covering this WWE UK championship, which people seem... What's that? Which people seem to... (laughs) Want us to do. No, I'm not engaging with that. Come Uh, on. Just because you are devastated at the loss of Lucha Underground, you will not get your sick pleasure, you know, obstructing my... Yes. Mrs. Manson and I have already discussed it. And what we're thinking of doing is finally perhaps investing Ah, in season one of Lucha Underground. ah. And honestly, Wednesday nights, typically, we watch Lucha Underground... And we also tend to watch the replay. I don't know why, but that show is engaging enough, and I feel like I catch enough different stuff the second time I watch it. So so you watch it, and then you watch it again. It's the same show. You watch it twice yeah, in a row. pretty typically. But what I'm thinking is maybe we will purchase season one, and instead of you know rewatching episodes, we'll just every Wednesday night you watch we'll two. watch two episodes back to back. Can I tell and you that is that is probably that is a very smart way to deal with this disappointing news is it'll keep you involved in new Lucha Underground new to you and right. will give you a deeper appreciation of season three when it does resume. Well, well, well played, Manson family. Well played to you. One of my questions I have, though, before I go purchasing said season is what they are going to air on Wednesday nights going forward. Because if they are going to air old episodes of Lucha, I would hope they would start the beginning of season one, and perhaps I don't have to purchase anything. I have to see what they do next week. That would be nice. You know, that would be smart of them, is to be like, all right, we're going to take six or seven months off. Let's do... Is it really going to be six or seven months? Well, it depends on what you mean by summer. If summer means the end of June... But could You've mean got like five. What's the if you if they talking... holiday at the end of May? That's like what Memorial Day. But that's not officially summer. Summer doesn't start till mm. June twentieth, June twenty first. So you know you're 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 talking I'm dashing least, my hopes. You're talking at least four months. Could be more towards seven. Mm. 
But either way, um, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be a naysayer and, and disappoint you, but I'm just trying to, you know, figure it out. However, if they, if they did do a replay, if they aired two or three episodes a night, starting with season one, episode one, and next week you can just dive in, you might not miss it so much. It's possible. We'll have to wait and see what their programming consists did, of. Did they have the Johnny Mundo versus Demac title match, or is that a feud that is just going to be on hold? Uh, this, this, I would be interested in hearing the thought process behind this decision, because leaving things up in the air like I'll that... I'll tell you exactly what the thought process was. The thought process is we've delayed t- tapings for season four, so we're just going to take a break now because lots of popular cable television shows do that. And then we'll actually have new episodes uh, to air later in the year, which will help actually close the gap between what would have been the end of season three and the delayed start of season four. But to your point, creatively, breaking it here, why they made that decision, I will never know. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, What also doesn't make a lot of sense to me is the fact that the Royal Rumble is still two and a half weeks away. I'd like to say, by the way, not to change the subject, but I'm I'm impressed. You got us talking about wrestling immediately in this show, within the first five minutes, and you did it by appealing to my interests in the genre. But even still, I think this might be a first for DDT Wrestling, where we are just instantly in to the thick of the pro wrestling action. You have to think that perhaps our audience may actually appreciate that. I think the audience understands what is true, and that's it's a little too early to start talking about Valentine's Day candy. And, you know... A little. There's not a lot going on uh, in the middle of January that, you know, of what else you can talk about besides getting into, you know, serious matters of state and country, which I hope that we will abstain from doing. Um, so, you know, wrestling seems to be, seems to be it. The, the Valentine's Day candy is out. I will say that. Um, I have picked an odd time to, you know, resume my quest to be healthier since I feel like all of the positive progress I have made in the last year or so I totally dashed and then some in the past six weeks but um I will say that this was a tough tough holiday season it it was indeed and you know the the fact that you know we're I'm just I just feel like we're coming out of it and so I'm trying to you know get back on on a proper path but um but yes you know the Valentine's candy is out there will come a time where we will discuss I'm sure you know, the various kinds of candy and whether or not boxes should have maps or not. All of, you know, these deep-seated philosophical questions that fans of DDT Wrestling come to expect from us. But the website's up and running. You had this great infographic. I can't remember if we talked about it on this show or A Private not Earful. Yet. Did we talk about it on A Private Earful? I feel like... Or a little bit. All we right. talked about it a little bit on But Private your infographic Earful. has taken over the world. 
uh, the ECW. I wouldn't go that far. Well, I would say, folks, if you enjoyed that infographic, you know, I'll probably retweet it at least a couple more times. Um, when you see it, by all means, uh, retweet that baby out there. Let's get more eyes on this infographic, on the sweet, sweet science behind the current financial standing of the WWE. I do wonder if you're on to something, not necessarily in terms of the sweet, sweet science, though I would like to see more of that, of course, but just visually, from a visual aesthetics, I would, I was, I have these stream of consciousness things that I do usually when Mrs. Matthews is, is heading to bed. I tend to just start talking. So, you know, and she winds up drifting off to sleep while I'm talking, which, you know, is fine. But, um, I, I was discussing that and I was like, I wonder if my columns should be, I wonder if I should begin to look, make my columns or make the things I write look like those infographics. Cause the, with the fonts and the pictures and the use of all of that sort of stuff, you know, I feel like in this ADHD generation, people are more likely to read something that looks like that as opposed to reading black text on a white background. I think you're correct, but I, I also think that there are purposes for both approaches that don't necessarily overlap each other. Like for instance, you'll note with my infographic when, when I posted it to the website, I also wrote a little bit of an article around it, a header and footer one, because that gives a little more information than I was able to give in the infographic itself for people who are interested. And also um, by having that text on a website as opposed to in an image, it's, you know, indexable by a search engine. So it can lead people, you know, searching randomly on the internet to our site, to that article, to that infographic. Whereas, you know, a meta tag on an image alone would be less likely, I think, to be able to find those random search users. So, you know, I, I think that there are ups and downs to both. I do think infographics may be more palatable to a Twitter audience, but I don't know necessarily that all blog posts, although like, let's, let's be clear here. We have a f each of us, you know, our friends, besties and so forth on Twitter that we interact and engage with. Um, but our interactions on Twitter, I feel have to be framed in a way that is not necessarily the same as those works that we would produce on the blog or article section of a website, right? The, the aim has to be different. The audience is different. They're, the people we're friends with on Twitter, they're interested in our work, but if they're primarily consuming our opinions through the Twitter feed, it's got to be something a little more easily digestible. And I'll be the first to admit, my first infographic, too long, too many graphs. It was a big subject to try to tackle. I do think I'm going to make more infographics in the future. Mile High Laz asked me a little bit about some uh, other figures that had to do with ticket sales and house show attendance. And I think I may spend some time pulling additional data out and, and making shorter, more to the point infographics about different subjects. Um, and I think those might be consumed a little easier by a general Twitter audience. This is this is an associated question because I'm thinking about what you know. <clears throat> were I to delve in the sweet sweet science, and and we both know Doc Manson, 
I'm a total scientist. You know, I taught science for a year at a middle school level, despite having next to no knowledge of any of the subjects that I was required to teach. Um, you know, I... I but you, you th- knew more than the middle schoolers. Debatable. Um, some of them were pretty smart. Uh, right, fair enough. But uh, when it comes to, you know, those sorts of things, what is your experience... Uh, level with creating databases. What do you mean database? Like Microsoft Access, because like I'm looking at all of this, like I talk about, you know, I am, I am accumulating these, you know, I try to keep up with the match times and the num the amount of minutes per, you know, of matches in a given show. And I'm using Excel or Google sheets in this instance, cause I'm on the, I'm on the Google. Um, but I'm not sure if that's the best way to do it, and I'm wondering if I need to look into some sort of database towards thing. Because one in one thing I would be interested in, and maybe it's just me, is being able to look at not necessarily win and loss records, but tracking Bray Wyatt's match lengths over time or something like that. Or so, like when I when I when I, if I'm going to be researching or looking into one wrestler in particular, being able to find their information easier than trying to search through a 3,000 row spreadsheet. And I'm wondering if there's a way to do that. And I know that there are database features, but I don't know if that's it or I'm, you know, this is what I'm lacking is trying to figure out a way of doing that. Um, it depends on how serious you want to get. I don't have a ton of database experience. Most data sets I deal with tend to be manageable uh, through spreadsheets. I would consider myself a bit of an Excel wizard. Um, I certainly have not done anything like that in conjunction with wrestling. Mm-hmm. But uh, the the yeah. work the the work that you do the you know there's a lot of organization that you do as part of your career. And is that all done through Excel? At this stage, most of it is yes. Um, and but what I, the organization I'm doing now is, to me, much simpler than you know some of the data sets I had to organize as part of my uh, doctoral work. But even those, I always found to be approachable using Excel. But again, I used a lot of the more formulas programming functions that you can find in excel to do that uh i wouldn't doubt that there's a better way a better software perhaps database software to do some of that but i just never became familiar with it to do such things all right perhaps a conversation best left for off the air uh because we we started out strong and then proceeded to geek out for 10 minutes talking about the finer points of spreadsheets and charts and things. Yeah. I I certainly don't mind. So let's dive back into the world of professional wrestling. Um The Undertaker made his return to Monday Night Raw uh and has declared for the Royal Rumble. Now, one thing I do want to do on this episode is take the 13 or so participants who have already declared uh, and and talk about them I a little bit. I do declare, but, uh, Mr. Beauregard. Your thoughts on The Undertaker's return? He's on Raw. There was no mention at all of any of the Survivor Series uh, hoopla. 
and uh, you know he's he's digging holes and grabbing souls and doing all of that sort of thing. And um, what do you think? What are your thoughts? It was fine. It's the Undertaker. Doing as the Undertaker does, right? Um, I still like the Undertaker's shtick. I I don't see him winning a Royal Rumble at this stage of his career, though, so I, I can't say I'm overly excited for that. Not to say that it's impossible. I mean, I guess it could happen, right? You want to set up the Undertaker versus AJ Styles or something. Uh, you could do it that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think it's necessary because The Undertaker could just come out the day after the Royal Rumble and say, I didn't win the Royal Rumble, but I'm challenging AJ Styles for the title at WrestleMania. And you, he wouldn't need to have won the Rumble to do that. Um, but I don't know. So I, I don't know. I thought, it, you know, it's it always there is there is that kind of je ne sais quoi, the mystique aspect of The Undertaker when he comes out. Um, I won't ask the mystique, the je ne sais quoi, the I don't know what. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't speak Spanish. Okay. Um, You know, it was even even almost worth listening to Stephanie McMahon, like, shriek at the beginning of Raw. Um, That was bad. No, nothing was worth that. That was bad. Um, But, uh, you know... I do find it interesting, like, we we are just going to put our fingers in our ears and pretend that that whole thing with Survivor Series never happened, because all of a sudden now he's on the other show, and now granted SmackDown won. Um, but what about the lockbox? That is, that is still a question. Uh, my question to you is... More than likely, barring some sort of last-minute change, there are four possible champions heading into WrestleMania. AJ Styles, John Cena, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns. More than likely, it's going to be one of those four guys, or perhaps two of those four guys, who are your champions. If The Undertaker were to win the Royal Rumble, which of those four would you most like to see him wrestle? Hmm. I think I would most like to see him wrestle AJ Styles, but I would also greatly appreciate watching him wrestle Kevin Owens. And honestly, I would be down for the oft-talked match. We know what you meant. Talked about match. We know what you meant. Undertaker versus John Cena. Um. Really, any of those three, while I give preference to AJ Styles, uh, I don't think any of those three would be a misstep. Why AJ over the other two? Is it just your love of AJ? Is there something about? Is it the ph- I think is about, it the phenom versus the phenomenal one? Is it just for that yes. tagline? It's about that. It's also about the fact that I feel AJ Styles is a much stronger champion than is Kevin Owens. So I think in terms of where these talents are on the card, I I think that matchup is probably more appropriate at Mm -hmm. this 
particular stage. Um, but I love Kevin Owens as an in-ring performer. So, I mean, I think that match would be great. I just think that it's probably the greatest stretch um, to get those two together creatively between now and Mania. You know, uh, the the rumor is that because Undertaker declared on Raw his WrestleMania po- opponent, win or lose the Royal Rumble, his WrestleMania opponent is a Raw talent. People thought it was going to be Braun Strowman. Now rumors are that Vince has soured on that and it's going to be somebody else. Um, I would want him to wrestle Styles or Cena. Undertaker Owens would be fun. Yes. But- but I'm not sure the story would merit that match. As opposed to the Phenom versus the Phenomenal One would be great. My my personal preference is Taker Cena, that often talked about match. Because I think you've got the two franchise players of the last 20 years for that company with Austin being on the shelf, with The Rock being in Hollywood and all of that. It's been The Undertaker and it's been John Cena I, you know, that would, that is the match I would most like to see. Why are we not wanting to see Taker versus Roman Reigns? I have no interest in anything that Roman Reigns does. I'm is, just going to be honest. I is really, there, is I, there any, I am match, not invested in that talent. Is there any match? Is there any opponent that no. he could wrestle where you would be? What if he's in the Andre Battle Royal? I hope he loses. So you are officially done. Is there any way to save him? No. If he were to turn heel and take out, you know. Put him in the background. Let him be in the mid card. Stop sort of hinting at his main event push. Get him out of there. Put him down with the U.S. title. Let him be a solid U.S. champion for a year or two and let him hang out there and then start that build all over again. He's a tainted talent Mm -hmm. based off of their handling preview and i i have nothing against roman reigns okay he's a good in-ring performer he really is at this point um his, his promo work is nothing special but it is perfectly serviceable it's 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 borderline good but they changed his character so many times they tried so hard with that lead up to WrestleMania. They, they they tried so many different approaches that again, I just, I just feel that there is a general taint around that character. I, I think you, I think they, they are at a point where it's, it's really too late unless he's going to the, you know, I want to keep going with this and talking about the guys who have declared for the Rumble, but, you know, not to to bury the lead a little bit. But I mean, Again, I don't think it's that he's – again, I just want to stress. It's not that I don't think he's capable. No. I could totally see him going into WrestleMania as the champion. I could see them putting that title on him, uh, taking it off of Owens, and letting Roman go into WrestleMania as the champion. I could totally see them doing it. I don't think it would necessarily be a bad choice – I'm just not interested. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think the point that you're making and that I would agree with is it's not Roman's fault. The talent is no. there. It, the guy is certainly trying. It's just we have been, we have spent years 
on the Reigns Express, and it's like, we, you know, and let's talk about the other big story of Raw. Chris Jericho is your new United States champion, and a lot of people, despite the fact that that's great for Jericho, and it was good to get that belt off of Roman Reigns finally, people were down about it all Tuesday morning because, oh, this just means that Reigns is going to win the Universal title, that's all it means. You know, it and doesn't I mean that. No, it absolutely does not mean that. It, you know, but and what I it, what it does mean is that they they they've heard what what the internet community has been saying. Whether it's legitimately that or they just thought this up themselves, I won't pretend to say causation versus correlation. But at the same time, they've recognized that taking that belt off of Roman Reigns creates a greater 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 sense of urgency around that universal championship match it it lends itself a greater air of i don't want to say mystery but but there's potential there now i think that seems greater it seems more impending that a roman reigns title win is possible mm-hmm. so i think that's a smart move yes. regardless of what they end up doing well and i do think it is a smart move because if kevin owens is were to retain that title, all of a sudden fans are, you know, it's the swerve that doesn't actually need to be a swerve because everybody is saying, oh, Reigns is going to win, Reigns is going to win. Now if Owens wins, all of a sudden we've got, you know, okay, now what? what's Roman going to do? He lost his U.S. title. Now he lost his chance at the world title. Maybe he throws himself into the Royal Rumble at the last minute, assuming that is the last match of the night. But... And, and, let's, and let's think about it this way. I think there's a lot of potential here that, to your point, this is a swerve that's not a swerve. Um, the WWE, as we said, spent years building up Roman Reigns. They, they had this incredibly unpopular build going into WrestleMania last year, but they stuck with it. They stuck to their guns. By God, they were going to make this town. They were going to get him over. And then once things are finally starting to work, he goes and gets himself a wellness violation. He completely messes up their build to the first ever triple threat match between the members of the Shield. Like... I that is still recent, folks. There is the potential here that this is them playing with Roman saying, Okay, we're gonna let you this close to the title, we're gonna let you this close to WrestleMania season, but we're gonna sit you on the bench because you dropped the ball for us this year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like th- there could be some level of, of I don't wanna say spite, but there could be some level there of listen, this is what you could have had, man. We're going to milk it for what it's worth. We're going to get our money out of you because that's what we got to do. But we're still not convinced that you are ready for that responsibility, especially headed in to this most important of seasons. Or, you know, they realize that the fans aren't buying it. The fans aren't going to make it work. The only potential saving grace is if The Miz were to win the Royal Rumble, defect to Raw, and we got Miz versus Roman Reigns. And I don't even know The Miz, as awesome as he is, he would be the most popular wrestler in WWE if he was going into WrestleMania to take on Roman Reigns. Um, the only, you know, one of the only other options is if you're, if you really don't want to turn him heel, he just has to lose. He has to lose the U.S. title. He has to lose this shot. 
Then you book him against Braun Strowman at WrestleMania, and he loses then too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's where the character starts to shift in the fact that all of a sudden this guy can't seem to get a win to save his life. But either way. Um, so Jericho's the U.S. champion. I think that's exciting. He is also in the Royal Rumble. Uh, let me make sure I've got that right. Yep, he is also in the Royal Rumble. I don't think he has a shot of winning it, but, you know, Jericho Owens would be interesting for a WrestleMania match. I kind of don't want to see it anymore now that they teased it and then they're not going that way. I mean, Jericho's got a chance. Let's face it. Uh, Triple H won the Rumble last year to become the uh, world champion headed into WrestleMania. So, I mean, anybody's got a chance, potentially. They do. That's true. They do. So, uh, you know, and again, Jericho Owens wouldn't be bad. Um, I honestly think Jericho Owens would be the most satisfying feud for them to put forth from the Raw brand at WrestleMania. Now, I don't think that feud requires the Universal Championship. No. So if they wanted to drop that from Owens, put it on Reigns. Let Jericho and Owens feud for the U.S. title at WrestleMania and then have Roman Reigns versus, I suppose, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor at WrestleMania. Um, I mean, I think potentially that's a more interesting match, although I, again, am not particularly invested in the Reigns quotient. Well, you're also not super invested in Finn Balor, nor, to be fair, are you super invested in Seth Rollins? I am not, but I do think the general wrestling audience would like to see that match. I think you're right. I think that would, you know, putting him in a triple threat might not be the worst uh, the worst way to go about that. Uh, the only other major news, and it's not even that major. Uh, but honestly, there's been, before we get to that, I'm sorry. Um, there's all this talk about WrestleMania potential feuds. You asked me about Undertaker. You asked me about AJ Styles. Um there's been a lot of talk about John Cena potentially picking up the title going into WrestleMania as the champion. I'm still sort of of the opinion that if John Cena is going to win 16, he's going to win 16 at Mania. So I would think he would win 17 at Mania. Well, Ty- tying the record and beating the record are two very different things. I'm not sure he's going to beat the record. I... I... I, th- I predicted a long time ago that I thought there's a real good chance he gets to 20 just to make it a nice big round number. And if he's if he's truthfully not going away, you know, it, we're coming up on WrestleMania 33. It's entirely possible John Cena will wrestle at WrestleMania 40. If he's got five or seven more years on, two, on a two-brand system, he'll pick up three or four more titles before he's done. Even How long if- did The Undertaker wrestle as a part? time sort of uh, attraction. Right. Considering he's still doing it, it's been probably a decade. You know, you would have to go back, uh, you know, WrestleMania, when he's wrestling Shawn Michaels at 25 or 24, 25, 25, 26, whichever ones that is, he's not wrestling at a full-time basis at that point. No. So it's been going on 10 years. And I feel like John Cena is the sort of talent that could have that kind of tail to his career. So, I mean, I think he could be wrestling to WrestleMania 45. I would not surprise me. It really would not surprise me, especially since he's in 
you know, supreme physical condition, despite what the veins in his arms seem to say. Um, you know, I, I do think it's entirely possible. So I think he beats it and then adds a couple on. So it's not just, you know, he's the, you would think we always speak for what Vince is going to want. Not that any of us know, but you would think that Vince McMahon would want the all time leader in world titles to be a WWE guy through and through. And Ric Flair, <clears throat> as much as he's on WWE network is not a WWE guy. So do you think that, do you think that Charlotte Flair ties her father's record? I think so. She's won and, it four times in less than a calendar year. That's my point. And if so, she is going to make that, they're going to have to inflate her numbers because I don't think that historically the female wrestling um, career, shelf life, if you will, has had the longevity of the male talent. Not to say that it couldn't happen, but I kind of feel like they're going to catapult her to much higher numbers I would say throughout the course of this coming year, I would not be surprised if she leaves 2017 as an eight, nine, or ten-time world champion. Well, first of all, she's 30. She's already 30. So, not. and again, you know, female talents are usually a little, their careers are slightly less, but that's... That could be different in this new era. and 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 that depends on injury. That depends on what her goals are in life outside of wrestling. You know, a lot of people move on to do other things and to start a family. Not us. We have no goals outside of wrestling. I'd like to learn how to paint. <laughs> um, I think you'd be a wonderful painter, DC. I've, I've tried. I literally, one summer, I went out and bought, I went to one of those paint night things and did a pretty decent job because somebody's there holding your hand and gives you all of the supplies that make it look good. So I went out to the, you know, the craft store and bought some canvases and some paints and sat out on my little patio and tried to paint and was like, oh man, I am just terrible. (laughs) I, I did what I have done in every art class I have ever taken is I've gone the abstract art route and I'm like, I'm just going to make swaths of color. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to essentially Jackson Pollock this sort of thing rather than trying to paint the nature scape I was looking at. Um, you know, I think – I do think Charlotte will – again, the two-brand system inflates titles regardless. You know what I mean? You've got Triple yeah. H. Triple H is an 11-time champion or whatever it is. Randy Orton's a 12- or 13-time champion. I think that's what happens when – there's two titles, you know what I mean? If Charlotte automatically, if Charlotte winds up getting moved to SmackDown in the next draft or something like that, she'll probably win a couple there too. So I think it's easy to see her as a seven-time champion by the end of this year. So, uh, all right. Shawn Michaels. What about him? He was on Raw. Yeah. He... Are help. you saying he declared for the Rumble? No. Oh, I'm, I'm just saying I missed that. No, I don't think he has eyes on the Rumble. I'm not sure his eyes really focus on anything these days. How dare you? How dare you? All I'm saying is... 
he looks like he is being medicated for some sort of condition, and I th- I mean that in a positive way. Clearly, that th- there is something medical that he is treating, and that's good. That is a positive thing. Um, but people who keep thinking that he's going to step back into the ring for no. something a little more serious, uh, I don't think so. No, we got a uh, we got a sweet chin music. He was there with Enzo and Cass, which was just that whole thing was awkward. Um, but yeah, he was he was there too. So that you Rusev know, was a funny man, huh? Rusev can do anything. I'm telling you, there are very few talents I enjoy more than Rusev. He's he's a great wrestler. He can talk. He can be funny. I you know he's doing fantastic stuff. You know when it's just him on whatever it is up up down down or any of those sort of things like. I I do think he's got a lot of potential, to, you know, and I do. I also think that his teaming with Jinder Mahal is actually making Jinder Mahal more important rather than bringing Rusev down. So, yeah, I agree. Um, Rusev has not declared for the Rumble. Just just to go through here, uh, the the thirteen talents who are declared: Goldberg and Lesnar, obviously. I think we can safely... I would assume they're going to eliminate each other and then wrestle at WrestleMania. Do you see either Goldberg or Lesnar winning this thing? No. Um, I mean, Goldberg has been talking like he's going to be in one of the main events of Mania. But honestly, one of my little pet theories I have going is that we are going to see Lesnar versus Goldberg versus Undertaker at Mania. Um, Because the way that I see it is it allows Lesnar and Undertaker to build a match that's not just a two-minute nothing. It gives Goldberg an out, right? He's famous for having these two-minute matches. Well, if Undertaker or Lesnar are able to shut that down immediately, then they are able to go on and have something that doesn't put a lot of emphasis on Goldberg to perform. And as a guy, again, who's known for two-minute matches, who hasn't been wrestling for 12 years, it protects him because you can put the emphasis on two other guys. And it continues that long-running Lesnar... Um, Undertaker feud and you think about some of the things that Undertaker has said recently about how he doesn't want Wrestlemania to define him well what better way to start a new era of the Taker than perhaps to overcome Lesnar at Mania it allows Undertaker also to pin Brock Lesnar it gives you a way out of that match that doesn't involve Goldberg it doesn't harm Goldberg at all but you still are able to do something Productive, see, and I, um, without directly <clears throat> having Goldberg and Brock go at it again. See, and I would think I love that idea. By the way, it is outside the box thinking, and uh, you know, you you have a you have a fan of it in me. But I think it protects the Undertaker because Lesnar can get his back on Goldberg, pin Goldberg. Well, I think it protects. You're right. It protects. It protects everybody, everybody because Brock Lesnar. Who knows where he is mentally? Like, right. you know, he's not at that same point where you're going to get a guaranteed A-plus effort out of him. So you put those three guys in, the entrances are what's going to matter. In that case, if you save that match for last and you've got Goldberg's entrance, Lesnar's entrance, you've got the Heyman factor, you've got, uh, you know, I, I think that would be a great way 
to make that something really special. Lesnar Goldberg 3 wasn't going to do it for me. You add The Undertaker, that's a that's a triple threat I would enjoy watching. Maybe yeah, I will create I th- it. I, I think there's I think there are positive aspects all around for the talents involved. Um so It's a stretch though. I, I don't know that it is. Truthfully, I don't know that it is. You, you know, you fill a lot of all of a sudden those three guys you know, that's a main event match. That is an all-time fantasy booking style match that can close WrestleMania without people complaining. If if it was just going to be Goldberg-Lesnar closing WrestleMania, the last match of the night, people would be like, what about the Universal title? What about the World title? You throw Taker in there? All right. Everyone will shut up. Taker, Goldberg, yep. Lesnar. Okay. And I think it does solve some other problems in the card. Because we've been saying, what are we going to do with Taker? What are we going to do with Goldberg? What are the, hey, where are you're right. people? I mean, that just that lets us on SmackDown focus on AJ Styles versus Cena. Um, you you've got you've got you know that's Godzilla versus King Kong versus what's the robot guy? Jet Jaguar. Yeah. <laughs> or insert another monster. Mothra. Ma- fine, Mothra, King Ghidorah. All of these names I know only because I lived yeah, with I you for four years. Yeah, fair enough. Where's your Godzilla show? Where's your Godzilla podcast? Speaking of topics that we should be discussing on a, you know, on a different show. All right, um, New Day. Any desire in New Day winning in some form or fashion? Trying what? The Royal Rumble. Trying to f- no being the last. Being the last three, refusing to eliminate each other, and being like, we're going to take on Kevin Owens for the Universal title. What I want to see is I want to see uh, Big E and Xavier get thrown out, and then they use themselves as scaffolding for Kofi Kingston. Pretty sure we've done to... that already. Yeah. Pretty sure he yeah. landed on Big E. Big E got eliminated, then Kofi got eliminated. He landed on Big E and went back in. Something happened. I think there was this one year when wasn't Biggie carrying Kofi around, and then like the camera work was so bad we never actually saw yes. him get back into the ring or get eliminated. He was just like something happened, but it was unclear. Yeah. what it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's why they could do it again, but this time actually put it on camera. Braun Strowman, would you yeah. would you pull the trigger on Braun Strowman moving up to a title picture? Nope. But I do want to see him do something at WrestleMania. I think Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, unless Braun, you're going to have Braun Strowman literally destroy everyone in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman is not, is a match that sells itself without the need for a title. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, Baron Corbin, what did you think of his no, match with man. John Cena from SmackDown? It was good. It was good. He's yeah. he's way better. Like you know, he's one of those guys that developed kind of sneakily on me. All of a sudden, like uh, I'm not saying he's great, but he's not bad. Uh, he is a talent whom I believe can be led to a good match, but he needs to have someone else in the match that is boosting him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's capable of being the draw in the match or, or, or being the strong one. Don't get me wrong. He's, I don't mean physically strong. Cause he's obviously strong. He does a lot of power moves regardless, but, but I feel like people pull him up. He's very coachable yes. at this stage of his career. I, well, and you know what? There's nothing wrong with being a guy like that. You're not, everyone's no, going to be a all. ring general. 
Not everyone's going to be AJ oh, Styles. Or and don't get me wrong, he's still super early in his career. He's got time to develop into that. The fact that he is coachable puts him miles ahead of many other people who have fallen by the wayside in the past. I mean, so I don't mean to say I don't mean that to be disparaging about him. I just think that's realistic of where he is currently. Seth Rollins. Eh. The the only problem is. Unless he were to defect to SmackDown and you got Rollins versus Styles, which would be a match. Oh, thanks. Really? Eh. I don't... Eh. You are a SmackDown guy, through and through. The The Raw main event, it just does nothing for that. you. We knew that as soon as the brand split happened. No, but I... I think, the, I think what I said was I was going to miss Kevin Owens. That's true. That's true. And I find the Raw talent to be... Though, let me say this. Let me say this. I have been critical of the SmackDown brand. They obviously had the better show this week, without question. And the reason why, for me, was... Every week. That's why People think that. The reason why... People know that. They've looked at the sweet science. The reason why is... <laughs> that show was built around an ensemble. It was not the Ambrose Styles Ellsworth experience. Like, although let me say, the Miz and Dean Ambrose opening that show. Oh, it was, was great. A heck of a, but come on, him giving back that. that yes, uh, uh, that what was it? What was it? Award? The uh, participation yeah, the award. But yeah, yeah, the fact that he held on to that for months. Dean Ambrose has done that before. Pulled something out from months ago that I praised him for the continuity mm-hmm. and story. I don't remember what it was, but he's done that before. The story and I love when people do that. The storytelling aspect when Dean Ambrose isn't just as much as I enjoy the hot dog cart and the trunk of the car business. Also good. He can be a fantastic storyteller. But the point I'm making is that was a great segment. And then to the best of my knowledge, you didn't see them again. They went on and did other things. They gave a huge segment to American Alpha and Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. Letting the, you know, then they had um, what looked like a legitimate fight between Nikki Bella and Natalia. They looked like they were hurting each other. And I feel like we've had that conversation about Nikki Bella before. She was wrestling Carmella, and it was like, did she really just kick her in the face? I think she just kicked her in the face. So It's almost like, here's the thing. There was this little story about when AJ Styles first came to the WWE, he met with Vince McMahon, and Vince told him, listen, kid, you're going to succeed here. you got to go out there like a pit bull. You're not ever going to be the biggest dog in the fight, but you're going to go out there, you're going to bring it, you're going to be relentless, and if you can do that, you're going to make it here. And that's exactly what AJ did. He took it to heart. He's been out there being that pit bull of a competitor. I think that what Nikki Bella is doing at this stage of her career, coming back from injury, is she is being that pit bull of the women's division, but based off of her you know, athletic prowess, um, I think she's just legitimately killing people. I think it might be almost on a broader scale. The entire SmackDown women's roster might be like, you know what? We do not have the star power yet of Charlotte versus Sasha Banks. What we do have, however, is depth. And what we're going to do is we are going to make this as legitimate as possible. I hear you. Becky Lynch got that depth, yo. Yeah. 
She got that depth. I legitimately don't know what that means, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but I th- I'm a bliss fit over here. I don't know about you, but I'm a total bliss fit. Bliss fit? Is yeah, that what she calls her fans? Bliss that's fit? That's what I call her fans. Okay. Uh, getting back to my original point. <laughs> uh, yes? Beginning to see where you're going, and now I just feel uncomfortable. What do you mean? Nothing. Um, uh-huh. Is I, I think that, you know, I think they're like, let's make this look as realistic as possible. If we accidentally hurt each other, it's fine. Let's Let's make, you know, and again... SmackDown has done a great job of building a... They have five women right now because Naomi's injured or away or whatever. They've got a deep... They've got two solid stories going on at once. Well, let me ask you this. Oh, God. Who is La Luchadora? (laughs) I wish... These are the times that I wish for a video podcast because you looked so sincere. Like, you were really, like, you had been up nights wondering the answer to this question. Um, Yeah, so in all fairness, they have done a good job, Ensemble, building everybody, making everybody seem important. But, man, this La Luchadora stuff is garbage. (laughs) I, you know, part of me hopes it's, like, Bailey and she defects. You know, I guess I do like this. I do like that idea, but I I don't know. Yeah, you know, I the only clear cut answer is Mickey James, and that seems to be an. It doesn't awkward... make any sense. No, but there's nobody else it could be unless they're going to be like, oh hey, it's. Do you think that La Luchadora is the next McMahon lockbox? I don't think we ever see La Luchadora again. That would be fantastic. Though there's a steel cage match next week, maybe she shows up. Yeah. We'll see. It could be Mickey James, and they build to a Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, Mickey James triple threat at the Royal Rumble. I don't know. But uh, let's see. Going through, Dolph Ziggler is a sad heel, and then he's an angry heel. I feel like what they're doing with Dolph Ziggler right now is... There's been some complaints online that he's not really acting like a heel. He gave, you know, a face promo on Talking Smack, and people were treating him almost like, you know, a uh, a bit of a face in their interactions with him, not not condemning him for his actions, but instead asking him, what's going on? Why did you make that decision? Trying to be... And, you know, I, I think what's going on here is, is what we're seeing in real time is, is Dolph Zingler's descent into heel dumb. And the the other characters on the show, Shane McMahon, uh, uh, Renee Young, the people interacting with him on Talking Smack, they're not treating him like a heel yet uh, to address the concerns of the internet community because they see that he's sliding. They see that he is making that transition into being a heel, but they don't want to force him to complete that turn. They're trying... They're, they're, they're trying to make him reverse course. They're trying to treat him like a face, like he's still a good person, because they think there is still hope that he will redeem himself. See, there, there's a there's an arc that is occurring. So they right are here. they are they are Yoda and Mace Windu uh, in the late 
the latter part of episode two into episode three of Star Wars, where they can see that Anakin is being tempted by the dark side and they're trying, they're not trying to force that change. Is that what, what I'm hearing here? What I'm hearing is you took a perfectly good explanation and used an analogy to something that makes me never want to talk about this again. But the question is, who is Jar Jar Binks in this? Would, you are. Would that be Renee Young? Would that be... <laughs> no, it's DC Matthews. <laughs> At DC Matthews NAI. Indeed. Misa de... Misa DC Matthews. <laughs> Misa ready to check the email. Uh, anything the else email. from the week of email. wrestling that we won't cover in the Wednesday night wrap-up, otherwise known as a private earful, only on the NAI network? I think we're ready for emails, DC. We've got five of them. Five emails. How can, how can people get their thoughts read on the air? DDTWrestling at gmail.com. Part of me thinks we need to transition to a hashtag, but at the same time, I do like the, the you know, you have to you have to put some thought My one into regret about email. our email system, my one regret is that we don't have an address at AOL.com. <laughs> I really feel like that would make this show. All right. Well, DDT Wrestling at CompuServe.net. Um, oh, yeah. At Prodigy, if you will. That was our first one. Our first email in the Matthews household was a Prodigy one way back when I was a teenager. Very nice. Earthlink. The Speaking of early. Very well done. The early bird gets the worm. This one comes in from Mitchell Monroe. Do you guys think we'll ever see another convert for the Wyatt family? If so, who and how far from now? Uh, I believe we'll see Rain- Randy Randy Wyatt, <laughs> Randy Orton, uh, be a convert for the Wyatt family. And I believe we will see that right now through the last, like, you know, month. Going beyond What I'm that. saying is they're actively doing a convert storyline right now. Yes, but I think we will. Mitchell, have you not been watching? I I think we will see another convert. I think that's kind of how you keep the Wyatt family fresh. When they stopped, you know, when it was just the four of them, they were fighting New Day in the backyard of the compound or whatever. Things my were- prediction, my real prediction for this, uh, we will see another convert. It'll be after the draft. It will be Bo Dallas. They almost I pulled the trigger on that more. when he came back from injury. Remember, I, he had the full beard? Yes. They almost pulled the trigger on it. I, I guarantee you, at a place, I want place nothing Bo, more than that. Going to do that it. is all I want. That was the first thing. I'm playing WWE 2K17. That was the first change I made was I turned Bo Dallas into Bo B-E-A-U Wyatt. But did you give him a giant beard? You are not allowed that I can figure out to change facial hair of the wrestlers. Garbage. Yeah. Because I would have. He's got like a red streak in his hair. He's got black fingernails. He's wearing like the Wyatt style pants. He's got like a trench coat sort of thing. He, you know, and I would totally give him a big Wyatt beard, but I have yet to figure out how to do that. If if there's a way to do it and I'm not aware, at DC Matthews NAI, DDT Wrestling at gmail.com, let me know. 
but to the best of my knowledge, it is impossible and it's unfortunate. Uh, I would love it to be Bo Dallas and it should be right around summertime, you know, whenever the draft is going to be. If it's June, July, August, do something with him because he's he's obviously got the talent. He should go back to the rhyming thing. He should be like the Demon Etrigan for DC Comics fans and, and speak in verse. Uh, yes, yes, please. Doc Manson, that Doc Manson. That is all I want for Christmas. This next one comes in from Rachel. Hello, fellas. Since I am sure the neighborhood has been aching in anticipation for my response on the big Total Divas question, I am here to help. Unless, of course, they also waste 60 minutes of their lives and watch the show. They do show a lot of their girls talking to Mark Carano? Carano? Mainly Natalia, about wanting to get a bigger role, or when they're told they're going to get a big storyline, etc. I would say she's the one who will admit it the most. Naomi has also hinted at it several times. You are correct in that they never say, my character does this. Nikki and Bree, for example, acted like that's who they are as people all of the time. Hope that helps. See? I know what I'm talking about when it comes to Total Divas. And this is Rachel as in... Rachel Noel, the, the, yes. the, the, we called her out on a previous episode when we had been talking a little bit about total Divas. Yes. I don't know if you recall. I do. I asked her to correct me if I was wrong. I do. I do. Turns out I appear to be correct. I didn't realize though, that Mark Carano is who plays mainly Natalia. I assumed it was somebody else, but like he's, he's doing a very nice job. I'm not sure that's what that sentence means. Oh, Oh, actually, no, now that I read it again, that makes more sense. A lot of the girls talking to Mark Carano, mainly Natalia, being the one who mainly talks to Mark. That yeah. that makes more sense. Who is Mark? I assume uh, he must be a women's agent or something. I think, but... did you watch Breaking Ground? No. Um, I believe he is, like, senior vice president of talent. He kind of took over Jim Ross's job. He's the guy who kind of hires and fires people. So hmm. I think we may have seen him in that one episode of Total Divas you made me watch. Uh, yeah, I think he was the guy by the elevator. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This next one comes in from Amanda Brown. Subject line, Happy New Year! Question mark, question mark? The email reads, Happy New Year! Question mark, question mark? Thanks, Amanda Brown. You too. I think. Question mark? I think. We're not sure. Moving right along, this one comes from across the pond from our good buddy, the P underscore A underscore V, the Pov. As the no one brand split fan, it was very disheartening to see The Undertaker being treated above this great concept on Raw this week. But let's get to some more positive brand split talk. Recently, I had a great conversation with Rant with Ant, and we agreed that if the winner of the Royal Rumble doesn't move brands, the any title clause should be kept a secret until it actually happens. Do you understand what he's saying there? Yes. Yeah. That they shouldn't they shouldn't make a big deal of the fact that a guy could switch brands until someone actually does switch brands. I now wanted to get your thoughts on how successful it would be surprising us years from now. Things are rehashed decades later in wrestling a lot. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. 
would the swerve be bigger if it dramatically happens three to four years down the line? What you'd have then is each year building more and more equity to that moment. At least this time, unlike Benoit, this inaugural jump will be replayed more, making that future star a big deal for being the first to exploit it, as we all know everything is the first time in WWE. Of course, this all depends whether they don't do it this year, but I really think the shock value will be better if it's sprung on us in a couple of years from now. Don't forget the brand switch only happened once last time. I hope Casey Kasem is still alive by the end of this novel. Whoever he slash she is, haha. Drink plenty of fluids. Well, and as obvious from the spelling, uh, over there in the UK, I think he's from the UK, uh, Casey Kasem is, is not a household name. He Casey Kasem is was a radio host. Uh, he did top forties and things, and he was famous for a long distance dedication. And he had a voice very similar to Doc when Doc usually reads the emails. Um. So I agree that it would be a bigger surprise if they didn't do it right away. If you know this year the Royal Rumble winner has to challenge their brand. Uh, to the title shot, and they don't go cross-brands until later down the line. But at the same time, I also kind of feel like a lot of us longtime wrestling fans are just going to then start talking about it every year. We're going to be waiting for it to happen. When it finally does happen, we're just going to say, Ah, it's about time! I've been expecting this since the brand split of 2016! <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I kind of feel like it, it, it'll become a thing if they don't just pull the trigger on it. It'll so, happen this year or next year. Yeah, I think it'll happen sooner rather than later. Uh, and I, think, I do think the surprise would be bigger for new fans, but I just don't know that the uh, the majority of, of the audience... I also wouldn't be surprised... I also wouldn't be surprised if an announcer, my money would be on JBL, brings it up at some point in the next few weeks leading up to it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Dolph Ziggler's wrestling Baron Corbin and they're talking about or Apollo Crews and they're talking about, you know, whatever. And he mentions, well, you know, Dolph Ziggler doesn't have to necessarily challenge the SmackDown champion. He could go to Raw and challenge the Universal champion. Don't know why he would do that, considering we're the best show, but something of that nature. But it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Unfortunately, Pav. Great idea, though. This last one comes in from Jonathan Morse. Hello, Doc and Do, DC. Just wanted to say, your guys are still doing awesome stuff. The weather outside is weather. At John Superman, S-U-P-R-M-N. Thanks, John. The weather sure is weather outside. Whether you believe it or not. Uh, I appreciate that we, we still get feedback like that. You know, so people seem to, so they, they enjoy what we're throwing down. I still enjoy that somebody remembered the Doc and Do joke. I think that's fantastic. People got great memories. I like it. Uh, well, speak. let's stick with what you like. Give me your positivity for the week. Uh, I, I don't. I don't have any. Look, I tried to do this whole face doc thing to be more positive going into the new year of wrestling. And this week of all weeks, DC, you can't ask me 
to go out here and put on a face to be positive when they took my lucha away. They did. What am I gonna do? TC, what am I gonna do? Well, this. <laughs> By all means, keep going. Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Um, oh, real tears came to my eyes when I did that. that the, this weekend, the, uh, oh. the the UK Championship will get you through. Yeah, maybe. 3 p.m. Is Matanza going to be on it? I don't think he's British. Rey Mysterio? He is British, but no. <laughs> What uh, about you? What's your moment of positivity? Man? I'm I'm gonna go from something uh, that I only saw in a in a video recap. I didn't I didn't watch Talking Smack this week, but it's something from Talking Smack, and it All is right. it is the the most one of the most positive things I've ever heard, and it has to do. Hold on to your hats, friends. With Mojo Raleigh. Oh yeah, that was a good moment. Because Mojo Raleigh talking to Shane McMahon and Renee Young, talking about what he's going to do with Zack Ryder being injured, and he admitted there's probably going to need to be a change. He probably can't just be this crazy guy with the Zuba's pants, you know, being the the Energizer bunny. He's going to probably have to be a little bit more serious. And I was like, thank you. And it was a perfect way to do it. It wasn't mm. saying that the character wasn't working, but it was saying, I'm in a new situation right now. I got to adapt. And I right. was just like, I became in that instant. I'm now on board with Mojo Raleigh. I'm like, okay, I look forward. You're a Mo Lever? I'm a little bit of a Mojo Lever. I, I look forward to seeing what he's going to do because we saw on Breaking Ground, he is a very interesting guy without being crazy pants mcgee so i i will give him the benefit of the doubt i hope this leads to something good for him if well no miz isn't the intercontinental champion but you know what i mean like i i have you know if he were to find don't worry he will be again soon if he were to find himself in some sort of like you know the intercontinental title ladder match that we usually get at wrestlemania i think that would be great so I I am I am eager that I was like okay this is this is good stuff this is what I like is when you know even when you come right out and say there's going to be a character shift here I was like good yeah good. you're right that was a real good moment this week so that was it I saw that and I was like that's one of the best things that happened this week so um well then ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Neither one of us can speak tonight. Um, I it was a weird night. Um, thank you for watching and listening and being a part of the show. Thank you for watching with your ears. Uh, to the to the glory. Thank you, readers. Hey, ddtpod.com. There's some good stuff there. Join the forums. Check out our stuff. I will be. I have another episode of ECW Hardcore TV that I've got to just put my notes uh, 
put my notes down and get, you know, get everything taken care of. Uh, but thank you for being a part of the DDT wrestling experience in all of its forms and fashions, whether we're discussing spreadsheets, whether we're discussing the Royal Rumble, whether we're writing infographics and doing all of those things. You've come along with us, even if you just send us a couple of tweets now and then. You're part of the show, and we appreciate you. So, having said all that, there's more you can do. We need more from you, neighborhood. Uh, send more. Give us an iTunes review. Yeah. Take part in the website. Tell tell some friends. We're getting to the Royal Rumble. It's WrestleMania season. This is our bread and butter time. There are going to be wrestling fans who walk among you, to quote Lewis Black. Uh, who only come out around these times of the year because it's the Rumble and it's WrestleMania season. This is your chance to get them hooked on the sweet, sweet audio gold that we give. And, you know, we hope that you do. Bring bring some of your friends along on the wild ride that is DC and Doc uh, chatting about wrestling each and every week. So I like to bring up DC and Doc's wild ride. We were talking... We were talking about potential. I think it has a wonderful ring to potential it. Potential rebranding. That should be when we do our <laughs> off-topic show. There it is. Hey, a shout out to Chip and uh, Tony. They, uh, you know, they were talking about us a little bit on their podcast. The DC and the DOC from DDT. Yes. Yeah, it's got a nice ring to it as well. So thank you guys. Yes, indeed. And check out their show, Check in the Boots. They are they are fa- they are part of our podcast family. We all have podcasts. Except for you, Shannon Scott. I'm calling you out. Um, not that she's going to ever listen to this. But, uh... She does hate me. No, she doesn't. No one hates you. <laughs> Nobody... How could anyone hate you, Doc Manson? I that can Doc think Manson. of a few good reasons. <laughs> Anything else you'd I, like to share before... I mean, I'm, I'm fairly abrasive. <laughs> uh, I have an overly negative attitude. Uh... I tend to insult people who don't really deserve it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of a terrible person, See, to and, be honest. And and what baffles people is, for whatever reason, I and Mrs. Manson find that endearing about you. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. I'm Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. And until we meet again, my friends, uh, <laughs> we will see and possibly insult you around the neighborhood.